0: he's Lord. There's always that great theological conversation, do you make him Lord? No, you simply bow to his Lordship because he is Lord. It sure is good to be in God's house tonight, isn't it? Amen. Hey, I'm glad though he's Lord that you can have a personal relationship with him, that you can know him personally, that you can have an intimacy with him that the world will never understand because of the person of the Holy Spirit, thank God for that. Well, sure has been a good day in God's house today, amen? And I should appreciate the good hospitality, great meal, great homecoming meal today, great service this morning, and the choir and the special's been phenomenal this evening. Thank you, church, for the great motel accommodations and Pastor brought my boys this bag. He didn't bring me a basket, he brought me a bag, or brought them a bag. They're gonna be eating sugar for a long time. And so I don't know to tell you who to pray for, them or me. And uh, we'll be heading to Poplarville, Mississippi first thing in the morning, bright and early. We'll start revival there tomorrow night. So we certainly would covet your prayers as we head in that direction. And then uh, pray for us throughout the course of the year. The Lord willing, we've got about eight mission endeavors, mission trips scheduled both domestically and internationally throughout the course of 2024. So we certainly... I desire your prayers. Let's go back to John chapter number 10 again this evening. Thank you for your attentiveness this morning. John chapter number 10. <clears throat> and uh, we'll drop in tonight in verse number 11 and read down several verses of Scripture again this evening. John chapter number 10, verse number 11. The Bible said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, who is on the sheep or not, seeeth the wolf coming, leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. and They shall hear my voice, and they shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. <clears throat> no man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father." There was a division therefore among the Jews for these sayings and many of them said he hath the devil and is mad why hear you him. Others said these are not the words of him that hath the devil. Can the devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And it was at Jerusalem the feast of dedication it was winter. Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him how long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ tell us plainly Jesus answered and said or answered them, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, but you believe not, because you're not of my sheep, as I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them, to, uh, gave them me, is greater than all. No man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. And then he makes this statement, I and the Father are one. Reading these verses again in John chapter number 10, we're dropping anchor as we did this morning in verse 11 and verse number 14. In particular, where the scripture declares, Jesus said about himself, I am the good shepherd. And we talked about this morning how that the idea of God as our shepherd and we are his sheep is a biblical principle that is intertwined throughout the teachings of the word of God. Going all the way back to the book of Genesis and, and mingling through the Old Testament and walking into the New Testament, we are confronted with the idea that we are as helpless as sheep, but he is as diligent as a shepherd. That we are as needy as as sheep, but he is as faithful as a shepherd. And so I ask you the question this morning, in light of all of those teachings throughout the course of scripture, he's the good shepherd, excuse me, he's the great shepherd, he's the chief shepherd that's coming again to receive us unto himself. What would the Lord say about himself? And so we are to note here in verse 11 and verse number 14, That God has answered the question. And Jesus gives us his own uh, perspective of himself. And he says to you and I, I am uh, the good shepherd. And that duality repeats that. He said again in verse number 14, I am uh, the good shepherd. And we're looking at this passage of Scripture and trying to decide or discern uh, uh, what is it in the life of our Savior that that makes him the good shepherd. We see in verse number 11 that he is the good shepherd in redemption. The scripture said, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd giveth. His life for the sheep. I sure am grateful that he's the good shepherd because when we were lost and on our way to hell, he was our redemption. That we considered this morning, it's as far as we got. That we ought to think about the price that he paid. How that he gave it all, how that he paid it all and how that he ultimately satisfied it all. You'll never find anything more contenting uh, than the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let me pick up pace tonight and say number two, uh, he's not only the good shepherd in redemption because of the price that he paid, but because of the people that he saved. Uh, One of the most precious parts of this passage of scripture uh, is the obscure verse in verse number 16. Uh, In verse 16, saying Jesus is here and remember where he's at. He's walking in the temple. He's in a Jewish temple. He's talking at a Jewish people. Amen. He's surrounded by Jewish authorities. But Jesus makes a statement to the proud Jew. He said, other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring and they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Can I say that he's the good shepherd in redemption? And not only because of the price that he paid uh, but because of the people that he saved amen uh, and can you imagine those proud minded Jews uh, that think they have an exclusive right to God of heaven uh, can you imagine when the Lord looked at them uh, and he said I know you're part of the fold uh, but he said I want you to understand something uh, I have other sheep and he said In the inn, uh, because I'm the good shepherd. Uh, I'm going to bring those sheep also uh, because they'll hear my voice. Uh, and they'll follow me. Uh, I'll save them uh, and there shall be one shepherd one fold uh, and there'll be one shepherd. Uh, it reminds me of Ephesians 3 uh, and verse number 6 where he speaks about the mystery of the Gentiles uh, and he declares it. Paul said to the church at Ephesus that uh, the Gentiles should be fellow heirs uh, and of the same body. Uh, and May I say thank God he's a good shepherd uh, because the reach of his salvation uh, is not limited. Uh, Romans chapter number 1 verse number 16 uh, uh, he said I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ uh, for it is the power of God unto salvation uh, to everyone uh, you can hang your hat on that uh, to everyone that believeth that uh, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I say, thank God that's a measure of the extent of his love, at the equality that he delivers. And thank God, Paul declared, I am a minister of that mystery. I get to tell a world that knows not Christ that Jesus saves, that Jesus saves, and Jesus saves, thank God. And so he's the great shepherd of the good shepherd in our redemption because of the price that he paid and because of the people that he saved and but then because of the power he possessed and thank God he said in the latter part of verse 17 and 18 he said I lay down my life that I might take it again. You know God is reminding us that he possesses a power over life. He he talks about he talks about the ability to die and he talks about the ability to resurrect you can do neither by the way you cannot die of your own will you lose your will to live but you cannot will your death if you were to decide you're gonna hold your breath and in your life tonight that your subconscious mind would take over that you might fall unconscious Uh, but your heart would continue to beat uh, and your breath would restore. You cannot will your death. Uh, You cannot lay your life down. Uh, But friend, let me say, he is the one uh, that laid her down. Uh, uh, But not only did he lay his life down, uh, uh, but he picked it up again. Uh, I'd say he has power uh, uh, between everything in the middle. Amen. Uh, I'm glad that our shepherd uh, has a power uh, and that reaches further uh, than our necessities. uh, And there is a power that he possesses, amen. Uh, And so we see he's the good shepherd in the act of redemption. Now look at verse 14. uh, And I want you to notice with me tonight that he's the good shepherd in relationship. Uh, Look at the text. The Bible said, I am the good shepherd uh, and know my sheep uh, and am known of mine, amen. Uh, I just thought I might make this quick observation brother Sam our shepherd is just that he's a shepherd he's not a zookeeper amen you can go up here to the Chattanooga Zoo or maybe go down to the Atlanta Zoo and there's people there that really care about the well being of animals they are tasked with their health their provision their well being their protection but the last time I checked you won't find uh, any of the animal trainers Uh, the zookeepers stay in the night uh, in the gorilla enclosure Uh, they don't go in and try to build a relationship with the lions Uh, they don't spend the night with the hippopotamuses Uh, but thank God I don't have a zookeeper Uh, I got a shepherd uh, and the shepherd does everything uh, that the keeper does Uh, he's interested in my health and well being Uh, he provides for me. Uh, he supplies my protection, uh, but greater still. Uh, he has a personal, intimate uh, relationship uh, uh, with the God of heaven does uh, uh, with his sheep. Uh, I want you to understand that what you and I enjoy tonight is not religion, uh, uh, but it is rather a relationship. Uh, Amen. Yeah, uh, religion is a dime a dozen, and pure and undefiled religion that uh, can even be accomplished uh, uh, to great links by a secular society. Uh, but you'll never have a relationship uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ outside uh, being born again. Uh, and man, the world doesn't need religion. They're sick of religion. Uh, but thank God they can have a relationship uh, with the God of heaven. Amen. Uh, and can I say it's a relationship with benefit? Uh, look at the text. The Bible said, I'm the good shepherd. Uh, and I like this expression. Uh, he said, I know Oh, my sheep. Uh, Whoa, hallelujah. Uh, I sure am glad tonight uh, that he knows me. Uh, and brother, you were teaching there uh, in the, the book of Job this morning, encouraged my heart. Uh, and, uh, and I was a noticing in the, I think the fourth verse of that text, uh, that Job said, oh, uh, that I knew where he was. Uh, oh, that I could find him. Uh, but when you drop down to verse number 10, and uh, and Job declared, he knows the way that I take. And Job said, even when I don't know where he is, he knows where I am. Even when I can't find him, he hasn't lost sight of me. Thank God as a sheep, we may be prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, and prone to leave the God I love. And we may not see where God's at. We sure may not understand what God's doing But I sure am glad God has never lost sight of us. I know my sheep. I thought, thank God, he knows my name. There's no greater deliverance of intimacy than the knowledge of your name. I sure am glad I'm not a hey you. I'm not a number in the corner. Thank God he knows my name tonight. There's an intimacy between you and the Savior. Uh, I'm glad he knows my nature tonight. Uh, He understands us. Uh, You know, the shepherd knows the nature of his sheep. Uh, He understands they're tender-footed. He understands that they're indifferent to poisons. Uh, He understands that they have no sense of direction. Uh, He knows their frailty. Uh, He knows their bark. Uh, And thank God the good shepherd uh, has a good knowledge of what we are. Uh, You know why he knows what we are? Because he came what we were. And while he was here, he was tempted in all points even. As you and I are yet without sin. I'm glad that he knows our weaknesses. He knows our frailties. And the songwriter said he knows my bark. He understands my frame. He knows what I can take. And he knows how he can help me through. At the most dire circumstances. He knows your nature tonight, God. is well aware uh, that he knows you need. Isn't that good? Uh, Matthew chapter 6 verse number 8 said for your father knoweth what things you have need of uh, before you ask. Thank God uh, your father knoweth what things you have need of uh, before you ask. When that financial need arises in our life and the check arrives just in time uh, but you didn't Start praying till 24 hours before uh, and man. The mail service isn't that good anymore. Say amen right there. Uh, amen. Now uh, I'm telling you, God was at work on your need uh, uh, before you even knew you had a need. Uh, God had a remedy uh, uh, before you were sick. That uh, God had a healing before your disease came. That uh, God put supply in order uh, before your need arose. Uh, I'm glad that He knows us. Uh, he he knows his sheep tonight, amen.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a uh, it's a relationship of benefits. Then let me say this: It's a relationship that's (laughs) bidirectional. Look at the latter part of verse number fourteen. He said, "I know my sheep," but then he said, "I'm known of mine." (laughs) Amen. I don't know if that helps you. That makes something stir up down deep inside of me. Now I can't listen to me. I'm grateful for the authoritative figure of God that has taken a personal interest in my life. I'm glad that he knows the way I take. I, I'm glad the steps of a good man uh, are ordered by the Lord. I'm glad standing somewhere in the shadows you'll find Jesus. I, I'm glad that he's ever watching, uh, that his eyes roam to and fro uh, and uh, he rises up to the need of the righteous. I, I thank God for that. Uh, because I say to you, I could go through the entirety of my life uh, and realize that there's a God somewhere in the heavens uh, that disperse and far away uh, that's got an eagle eye on me uh, and taking care of me uh, I could rejoice in that uh, but how about this uh, he's not ashamed Hebrews 11 said 16 said uh, uh, to be called their God uh, how about the fact he identifies with us uh, and he allows us uh, uh, to get to know him amen uh, I say thank God uh, I have a friend uh, that sticketh closer uh, than a brother uh, that there is a friend uh, and his name is Jesus uh, that there's no one like him. Uh, Amen. Uh, The Bible speaks about the sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. Could I say this relationship is bidirectional. They know his speech. uh, They know his speech. It's a distinct voice. Uh, If you ever hear the voice of God You'll not be confused by the voices that are around you. It's a delivering voice. When he says, I'm here, things are going to change. When he walks out on the troubled sea of your heart and said, Peace be still, things are going to change. When he comes in the midnight hour and he said, It is I, be not afraid, thank God it's going to change. He has a delivering voice he has a dependable voice you can count on God showing up he has a delightful voice and Murray pinned the words of the great hymn in the garden and she said he speaks and the sound of his voice is so sweet that the birds stop their singing and the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing and she said, Said he walks with me uh, and he talks with me uh, and he tells me I am his own. Uh, I, I don't want to chase this rabbit far but let me chase him a little bit, all right? Uh, if you go back to Genesis 1, that uh, uh, God in the act of creation uh, had desired one thing of man uh, and that was fellowship. Uh, he made all the animals with the voice uh, of his excellency. Uh, but he reached down and out of the dust of the ground he made man uh, took a rib out of Adam made Eve brought them together uh, and the, the scriptures tell us uh, that in the cool of the day uh, God would come uh, and he would walk with Adam uh, he'd fellowship with Adam uh, and he'd talk with Adam uh, he didn't do that with a giraffe uh, he didn't do that with an elephant uh, he didn't do that with a bear uh, he didn't even do that with the dog but he did it with man because he desired a creation that would fellowship with him and nothing was more grieving than the heart of God when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and he had to drive man from his presence it was an act of mercy because the holiness of God would have consumed man in his wickedness but he drove man from his presence and his heart heart was grieved. Uh, yeah. Amen. His heart was grieved. It'd be generations uh, before there'd be a man named Enoch. Uh, and the Bible said about Enoch uh, when he was 65 years of age uh, and that he walked with God. Oh, and the heart of God was elevated in joy and because he could fellowship with his creation. Man, he has orchestrated the act of our redemption and brought us to a place of salvation so that he could walk with us and he could talk with us and he could call us his own. God knows us, but he wants us to know him. man. And thank God we know his speech. It's a personal relationship. They know his stroke. How many sheep would know the touch of his master, of the shepherd when he reaches in there and scratches behind his ears or rubs his belly. Man, I'm glad that I know the touch of the Lord. Hallelujah. I might call recess and shout about 15 minutes. Amen. That man, I'm telling. It's not a cold, dry religion. It's a live relationship. He touches
1: us. Know the touch of God in our lives.
0: The scientific community tells us that we need eight to 10 meaningful touches a day as a human being, physical touch uh, that'll provide us with both physical and emotional health. When God touches, you ever been in a dark room or a trouble situation? Maybe you're laying in a hospital bed and your eyes are closed because of the pain and the agony that you're going through. You didn't hear the door open. You didn't know when somebody came in, you just waiting on somebody's arrival and they walk in and they put their hand on your shoulder all of a sudden their presence is known. Hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you I know what it is. It to be in the stillness of a situation and that my eyes are closed. The pain is real. The agony is real. And All of a sudden, out of nowhere that there's a manifestation of a touch. I know. Listen to me. I know. I, I recognize I couldn't see his hand. Oh, but I could feel it. Reminded me of Dr. Seitler, you know, he is preaching one night and and after the meeting he made a reference in his message about how he heard the voice of God, how God spoke to him. A young critic met him at the back door, Brother Hardeman, and said, Dr. Seitler, sir, surely you don't mean to imply that God spoke to you in an audible voice. The old witty man of God never missed a beat, Brother Sam. He just looked at his young critic, and he said, oh, no, son. It was much more real than that. Amen. I'm glad he touches the flesh. But I believe he touches the
1: soul.
0: Man, I tell you, when God puts his hand on you, when God puts His hand in yours, when God breathes on the back of your neck, when God whispers, "I'm here," it's going to be all right.
1: And thank
0: God it'll be well when you sow. His presence is manifested. I, I'm here. Uh, a touch is a touch of passion, <laughs> amen. Uh, when he takes me by the hand, he says, "I love you." <laughs> he said, "I love you uh, with an everlasting love, uh, an irrevocable love." And sometimes, when I'm at my worst, uh, he puts his hand on mine and he whispers, uh, "I love you, amen." Uh, and then I'd say this: uh, at this matter of his stroke, his touch, it speaks about his pace uh, of his presence his passion uh, uh, but it speaks about his participation uh, it, it means that he's in it with us uh, he's not left us to our own devices uh, is it Luke chapter number seven where we are told the story of the widow of Nain uh, It's such a contrasting story Because here's Jesus and his followers They just come from a great victory They're shouting, rejoicing in the presence of the bridegroom And they come to a crossroads Just outside the little village of Maine There's another crowd that's coming But they're not shouting, they're weeping They're wailing, there's a big tumult Because of the passing of a widow's only son He's all she's got The Bible said about Jesus He was moved with compassion uh, and he stopped the funeral procession. Uh, Somebody said surely the master will have a little word for this dear widow woman. Uh, He'll speak some comfort or consolation uh, to her grieving heart. Uh, He did better than that. Uh, He walked over and touched the funeral pyre. uh, Got the boy by the hand uh, and said your mama needs you. Go on back home. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you there there is a God that knows where you are tonight. He knows what you're going through. He knows the burden you're bearing. He knows the load you carry. He knows what you're facing. He understands, he understands. And he's gonna walk with you. He's gonna hold your hand and he'll bring you out on the other side. He said, you know me. Know me. They know his speech. They know his stroke. They know his silhouette. I'm glad he's always out front. Amen. They said that shepherd, when he's ahead of the sheep, he's always leading, never never driving. The sheep are not driven. And goodness and mercy follow up the rear to make sure none of them get out of line. And uh, they said that shepherd the, in those hilly countries, sometimes the sheep will be scattered a little bit some are slower, some are faster, and the shepherd just walks on. And they said, if those sheep get to the place where they cannot see the shepherd, they become quite anxious. Mm. Well, I'd say, Brother Hardeman, we ought to get a little anxious if we don't see the shepherd. Somebody help me right there. God's not showing up. We might better get a little anxious. And they said, those sheep will get a little nervous they'll get a little distracted. And They said, so the shepherd lifts that staff and it forms a silhouette. They said, sometimes they can't see the face, but they can see the outline. And they said, they know the shepherd's still there.
1: Yeah.
0: Hallelujah, amen. They know his presence is there. And I'm telling you, just look around your neighbor. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. It says, protection is in place you don't have to worry about the enemy his peace is demonstrated in his presence and there's a plan for a pathway for Psalms 23 3 said he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name'sake." God's there he lets us see him and know him he is our good shepherd well let me give you the last thought and I'm done We see the good shepherd in redemption, verse 11. We see the good shepherd in this matter of relationships in verse number 14. And I told you this morning, if you drop down somewhere south of verse 25, verse 27 particularly, you'll find the application of this principle or this parable that Jesus has given. And he said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So um, we've gone back to a conversation about the shepherd and the sheep. If in verse 11 we see redemption, in verse 14 we see relationship, in verses 27 through 30, you're gonna see the last principle, and that is that you're gonna see regeneration. He's the good shepherd in regeneration. Now there's a lot of words that we use to describe our salvation. I told you this morning I just like the word saved, Amen. amen. And I'll be honest with you, you'll never find a greater witnessing tool Than the word saved. If you if people say, "Man, you look happy today. What's wrong with you?" Isn't that something we always ask? What's wrong with you? Because you're happy, amen. And uh, and if you say to them, "I'm saved," uh, most likely you've just opened up a door for a witness because if they're not Christian, if they don't know the Lord. uh, then the natural response is going to be saved from what? Yeah. Well, if you've got 15 minutes, I'd sure like to tell you, amen. Yeah. Saved, saved, it, yeah. saved. And hallelujah. how about the song that they sang just uh, before I came up on platform tonight? How, how about that song? I've been changed. Yeah. Woo, hallelujah. Yeah. I'm I sure glad that he didn't leave me. There's a conversion. We use that word sometimes. There's a salvation. We've been saved. We've been converted but then there's that principle of regeneration. Uh, amen. That means to be created anew. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Uh, and uh, he's the good shepherd because he found us where we were, but he didn't leave us there. Uh, he found us in our sin, uh, uh, but he through the act of regeneration has made us something we were not before. Yeah. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Notice three acts of regeneration in this last phrase. Number one, there's a spiritual regeneration. That's the treasure of the sheep. He said in verse number 28, I give unto them, here's the spiritual regeneration, eternal life. How about that, buddy? What'd you get when you got saved? Eternal life. I dead, but now I'm alive. Never to die again. Hallelujah. Brother Laddie's right. We're losing our strength. We, we begin to fade. Our, our strength begins to falter. But I'm going to live forever. yeah. <laughs> Amen, I've been changed. He gave us eternal life. We are, hey, he said, preacher, what does that act of being spiritually regenerated, having eternal life, what does it mean to you? It means, number one, I'm the son of God. Amen. Amen. Being a son is not something I'm going to be. Being a son is something I am. Amen. He said, now then, we are the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. First John 3 and verse 2. Amen. And I'm saying to you tonight uh, that we have eternal life because we are the sons of God. And as long as God lives, we're going to live. Amen. By the way, sonship comes with privilege. There's some places you can go <laughs> because you know the Father that you couldn't go if you didn't. He, we're the sons of God. We enjoy the life of God. Galatians chapter 2 verse number 20. I'm crucified with Christ nevertheless I live.
1: <laughs> Yet
0: not I. Christ liveth In me uh, and the life I now live in the flesh. Uh, I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm telling you when I got saved there was an act of regeneration that took place. I was born again never to die and the Lord of glory moved on the inside. Colossians said that it's Christ in you uh, and the hope of glory. (laughs) The treasure of the sheep is that God has moved on the inside. We're the sons of God. We enjoy the life of God. And we have the person of God. Colossians 1.27 said that he hath a dispensation of God has been given to us. Amen. How about that? So Christ in you, spiritual regeneration, that's our treasure. Then I want you to look and I'm, I'm winding down. But notice the saintly regeneration. Look in verse number 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. There's that statement of relationship again. Notice that last phrase. This is the saintly regeneration. They follow me. Hallelujah. Can I just tell you something? When you get saved, you don't walk in the same pathway. Amen. Ah, oh, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. For he is namesake. Amen. The creature is made new. We're not what we used to be. If any man be in Christ, he's the new creature. The old things have passed away. And I say to you that when you get saved, that regeneration translates you, isn't that a good word, out of the darkness into the kingdom of light. We're not in darkness anymore. We're not in sin. Now, we are sinners in our flesh, but thank God we're not sinners in that new man that's made in the likeness of Christ which cannot sin. There is a spiritual regeneration, but there's a saintly regeneration. When I got saved, he made me like unto himself. Creatures new, Christ is our mold. Amen. The Bible speaks in Romans chapter 8 about being predestinated to the image of his dear son. And God is in the business of taking and knocking off everything in your life that doesn't conform to him as you follow him. Amen. As you follow him. A brother met me in the four years. We were leaving today after the lunch, great lunch. And uh, he was just conversing. We was chatting for a minute or two before we left. And he talked about how many years he'd been saved, got saved as a boy, and he's in his 80s. And he said, there was a few years that I got away from God. I wonder how many of us have that in our testimony. Amen? Amen. How many of us say there was a few years where we got away from God? We got away from God. We we weren't where God wanted us to be. We might have stayed in church, but we weren't following God. We weren't obedient to his will. We weren't walking in the ways of life. We were walking in the ways of rebellion. Well, the problem with that is that in those moments, Brother Gooseby, we ceased to follow him. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's right. Amen. And the only way he can perfect us is when we're following him. That Keep that in mind now. A great group of young people. God is working a work in your lives. Yes. Amen? Yes. And listen to me. I want to tell you one thing, then I got to move. Listen, uh, you may look up here, and uh, and uh, you, you do not have to have a testimony that there was a block of time somewhere in my life when I walked away from God. That's right. Amen? And I think to myself... I think to myself, and I've pretty much walked with the Lord. There's been some years of rebellion, times when I wasn't in his will, and I wasn't following him like I should have or could have been following him. But I think to myself, had I walked with him exclusively, I wonder where I would be today in this perfecting process. Huh? You ever been around a dear old saint of God, and it just seems like it's Christ manifested in the flesh? I'm not I'm not trying to lift them up beyond what we ought to lift them up, but there's honor due. They're just dear, dear. They're they're human. They got their faults and failures. I get all that. But God has run them through the process. Paul went through the process and in 2 Timothy chapter 4 he said, I fought a good fight. <laughs> I kept the faith. And he said, I finished my course. God has completed the process. <laughs> He's knocked off everything that wasn't like him. And the closer you follow him, the more that he will change you to make you like him. Amen. God help us to enjoy a saintly regeneration as we follow him. He predestined you to be image of his son. Let him do the work that he has purposed. Amen. We have to be a Christian. We have to be Christ-like. We have to regard the things of God. There's a, there's a, there, there is a spiritual regeneration. That's our treasure. There's a saintly regeneration. That's our transformation. But then there's a security regeneration or a secure regeneration. That's our triumph. Look what he said. My father, which gave them me. uh, Let me go back to verse 28. I'm sorry, I picked up the wrong verse. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Amen. Now, first of all, I'm talking about the security of the believer, the security of the sheep. There is a plan in place. Let me me give you the plan. There is an internal plan. There is an internal plan. He said, they shall never perish. Now, the idea of perishing uh, uh, brings to mind that there is a lack of something in our life. The lack of food, you will perish. The lack of water, you'll perish. Amen. The lack of, uh, of shelter, you'll perish. Uh, but he said, if the Lord is your shepherd, uh, you won't have to worry. They shall never Perish. Uh, God knows how to Supply your need, Amen. But hang on a minute—the internal attack of want or need, but the external attack of the air of the enemy. He said this. He said not only will they not perish, but he said neither shall any man pluck thee of out of my hand. He said I got this. On the inside, they'll never want for what's necessary, but on the outside. The enemy cannot advance against him. Nothing comes into our lives that the shepherd does not know about, is not aware of, and cannot handle, amen. His persuasion, there's a plan for my secure regeneration. There's a persuasion, my father is greater than them all. Hallelujah. And There's a pinnacle, Ephesians chapter one, verse 13 And 14 talks about that he's got the spirit of God within us as the earnest of our inheritance. Amen. I grew up listening to men preach on that text, and they were well-meaning men, but they had a misperception of the verse. I heard them say at times the Holy Spirit is the, down payment on what we're going to have in Christ. No, 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 no. The Bible said that he's coming for the redemption of the purchased right. possession. Right. The transaction was finished at Calvary. Right. Oh, no, 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 the Holy Ghost to God is not the, the down payment, if you will, on uh, on our relationship with God, or our salvation, or our conversion, but the Holy Spirit of God within us is the earnest of our inheritance in Christ. He's what God has given us as a foretaste of what the Father has purposed for us on the other side. Hallelujah. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. But it's just a foretaste of glory divine. There shall come a day
1: in the sweet by and by when it'll not be a foretaste. It'll not be an artist. It will not be a shadow, but it will be a reality. Home at last, home at last, home at last. The shepherd has brought the sheep. Bless his
0: holy name. He said, I am a good shepherd. Thank you. I am. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I am the Good Shepherd. I just want to go back and ask the question I asked this morning. Do you know him? Do you know him? Mm. Listen to me. This is not hyperbole. This is not exaggeration. <sighs> Gotta be honest about it. If anything, I failed in scratching the surface of how good it is to know the Good Shepherd. He's personal. So, do you know him tonight? Do you? Are you saved? 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 If you're not saved tonight, be a good night. Junk pride, junk religion, junk holes that you know are not holding, get to God. For he stands with arms open and he calls, coming to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What about that uh, relationship? He said, I know my sheep. That's that's uh, beyond us, that's in God's court. What about known of mine? How's your fellowship with the Lord tonight? Is it hindered? Is there some alt, some way, some transgression or sin? Some failure, some disobedience, some Lack of submitting to his will that has crept into your heart and your life and, and you know it's there. <laughs> and You just can't seem to fellowship with him like you used to. You need to come to the garden, don't you? You need him to walk with you and talk with you.
1: Yes.
0: Well, you gotta get that thing right. You're gonna have to come to him and cast it at his feet. Ask him for forgiveness. But the good news is, that the entirety of scripture, the whole canon of the word of God is built on the premise that God always has a way back. Oh, God always has a way back. And listen, you say, preacher, I'm not out in the honky tonks. I'm not in the hell holes. I'm not in the dance halls. I'm not cussing and drinking or hanging out with those that do. I get that. But I'm asking you about your fellowship with God. I'm asking you, how's your prayer life? How's your devotional? How's your dedication Do you feel him stirring in your soul? And if there's something hindered in that tonight, if there's something hindered in that, make your way to this altar and get that thing right with God. So that fellowship, he wants that relationship with you to be known of the Father and to know the Father. Mm, What about that regeneration? Are you at a standstill because you won't follow him? Is the Lord beckoning you to deal with things in your life and people in your life and situations in your life? Oh, God said I can do something with you if you'll just follow me. Somebody ought to wave, wave, wave that white flag of surrender. You teenagers and young people sitting down front, you all just say, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. It's not going to be easy. It won't always be the way that's popular. Sometimes it'll be a hard pathway, but it'll always be right. We're standing, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Brother Sam has a song, several, several already in the altar, but there ought to be dozens more in this great congregation. He's the good shepherd with tender arms extended and a voice appealing. He said, come unto me. Just come unto me. Just come unto me. Just come unto me. me." What do you need to do business with God? Are you lost? you need a savior? If you're away from him, you need to come back. If you're at a standstill, you need to follow wherever you are tonight. He's the good shepherd and he wants to have things right with you. Sing when you're ready, brother Sam.